0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and if you're a first-time listener, this podcast covers a variety of topics, including health, wellness, business, lifestyle, and lately, a lot about living life on your terms and manifestation. So right now, I'm actually reporting live from Bali. I'm in yoga teacher training in Ubud, and it has been quite an adjustment from my normal nine-to-five corporate America lifestyle. We wake up at 6 o'clock to get to the Shala, which is basically the studio at 6.30. From 6.30 to 7, we do some type of meditation or breathing exercise or learning about a mantra. From 7 to 9, we do yoga. From 9 to 10.30, we have a break for breakfast. From 10.30 to 1, we have some type of anatomy, philosophy, or history class. From 1 to 3, we have lunch. From 3 to 5.30 we have another type of either anatomy, history, or hands-on type of class where we're learning adjustments and techniques to help people get the right form. And then 5.30 to 7 we have dinner. So that's how my days have been going every day for the past week. We have Wednesdays off, so I did a little bit of exploring yesterday. And what I'm finding out about Bali is that they are some of the nicest people I think of any culture I've ever met. I was asking my friend about traveling alone here, because you can actually stay here for up to 30 days without any specific type of visa, it's just like a tourist visa. And she was saying it's one of the safest places to travel solo because they really live on karmic law, meaning they don't want to do anything bad to anyone because they don't want it to come back to them worse. So everyone is extremely nice. like. I was at the grocery store just checking out when I paid my bill. She said, thank you, but put her hands to prayer pose like the like you would do at the end of a yoga class, like namaste. And they do that everywhere. Like I went to a spa and they had a little feedback card and I just wrote specific feedback about like the pressure of my massage, nothing major. I was just like, oh, next time I'd like to go a little harder because I'm in yoga training. Um, and, you know, I asked for harder, but not a big deal. And she came over and profusely apologized, was again using that prayer pose like we really want you to come back and we'll give you a discount and i was just shocked because that was just such a small piece of feedback that wasn't even a big deal to me and my friend was saying to them they really take it to heart because they want you to have a great experience so it's just been really interesting seeing how people operate here everyone is so helpful like if you look lost they'll help you out They try to speak English best they can. Again, it's not their first language, so that's something that has been a little bit harder to adjust to, like an app that I have right now to order taxis is in Indonesian. And so it's really hard because it's a totally different language that I've never ever heard of or seen. It's just a totally, totally different, like spelling, lettering, words, everything. So it's so nice that they really try and learn English to accommodate all the tourists, because it's pretty much all tourists here right now. And everyone is just so hospitable, I would say is another good word. They have a really, really strong attention to detail and everything is so traditional. So yesterday I was walking around Ubud after lunch and there were all these ladies in like traditional Balinese outfits and all these men as well lining up outside of a temple to bring offerings into the temple. And they're basically these wicker baskets that you can tell are designed, they're all really different. That they balance on their heads and they're just waiting there to bring all the offerings into the temple to the gods and there were probably about 50 people lined out outside of one temple so i was just in awe watching this because this was on a main street of ubud which is basically one of the most touristy areas of bali and it's almost like we were in downtown ubud but they kept this tradition alive and i really like that you it's rare that you see tradition so strong and active in such a touristy part of town Like I said, Bali right now is like the Instagram hotspot. It's very westernized. There's a lot of really cute cafes, a lot of vegan food. It's like the Mecca of health and wellness. So everyone's always taking pictures. Like yesterday I was walking by this place and it was a cotton candy place. And you just get cotton candy in these huge ridiculous shapes and cones. And everyone in there was just taking pictures. And so it's just so funny to see that and then see such tradition on the other side of things. The other thing that's really interesting is because of this offering to the gods, they make these little, I wanna say, it's called an offering, but I don't know how to des- specifically describe it. It almost looks like a little plate made of um, bows that they put flowers and like little treats in, and they put it outside of doors. So outside of literally every single like business, market, door, anything you'll see this little offering. I put it on my Instagram stories and I'll probably post about it again because it's so cute to walk everywhere and you just see this little thing of flowers and biscuits and like little trinkets. It's just so interesting and I really love that. That Again, they're so detail-oriented. Also, the yoga studio that I'm training with or yoga program is Tremurda Yoga, but we're staying at a villa where a Balinese family is actually operating it and they are so freaking sweet. Like, if anything, what I'm learning here is to be more selfless and more of an active listener. I just told the person that I don't like peanut sauce. It actually kind of makes my stomach upset. And she immediately adjusted and makes one plate without peanut sauce every single day now. I told her I have issues with gluten. And instead of making a big deal about it, she actually made a little place card that shows which ones are gluten-free. And I'm just like, That's so nice like I wish I had that type of quality in myself and not to say I'm like a huge asshole, but Americans, I feel like especially myself if someone asks for something specific and like micromanages, we're like, oh Here we go gluten-free vegan person or yep Of course this person would have this type of intolerance and here. It's just like yep. No problem. We'll, We'll adjust quickly again that's a generalization about Americans, but It's just such an easy adjustment here because everyone's so nice. So yes, I don't speak Indonesian, but everyone has been so helpful and understands basic English that it's so nice to have that around and the hospitality because now I don't feel like homesick or that I have any culture shock or anything like that. I wanted to record this outside so you guys could actually hear what I hear every day. It's probably the biggest adjustment I've had is how much wildlife is just around our villa I wake up every morning to a rooster, a dog, a bug, an owl, a frog, some type of insect, some type of buzzing. There's probably three geckos in our room right now and I hate reptiles. So the first day I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to sleep downstairs or on the couch or just somewhere totally different. But people were saying geckos are actually good because they eat mosquitoes and spiders which is nice because I'm bit up right now. I have bug bites all over me, including on my face. So now I'm like, you know what? I don't mind the geckos. I did move my bed away from the wall in case they ever wanna explore and start crawling down that they don't jump on my bed frame. So I am still keeping my distance from them, but I appreciate that they are doing their job of eating all the bugs. So yeah, I just wanted to have you guys hear a little bit of the Balinese environment that I'm in. It's also surprisingly a bit chilly here. I thought it was gonna be deathly hot. Like, I thought the yoga training was gonna be basically hot yoga every day. Actually, I've had to bring a scarf or some type of like sarong or blanket to cover me up whenever we are doing nighttime classes because it's that cold. The other night it was so cold, I thought someone put the air conditioning on full blast because I was shivering and I realized it was just cold in the middle of the night. So, that's something really interesting that I just, again, I have this. Uh, Perception in my mind that I was gonna get here in August which in Florida would be summertime prime time heat And I'd be sweating my ass off and that's not happening if anything The only time I'm sweating is if we're doing a really hard yoga training and that just started today So my yoga training right now is a 200 hour course focused on multi-styles So every week we learn a new style of yoga last week was Hatha this week is Ashtanga and next week is Vinyasa so I'm interested to learn Ashtanga this week. If anyone's a big yogi out there, I think I've only done one class and these classes are two hours. So I feel like it's gonna be pretty intense. I mean, today we are doing pretty advanced stuff and my wrists and shoulders are kind of hurting, but it's surprisingly cheap here to get a massage, like literally six US dollars. So might be taking advantage of that more often than I thought to get these knots out of my shoulder. But other than that, It's not as bad as I thought in terms of mental burnout. Again, when I looked at the schedule that you guys just heard me walk through, I was like, there is no way I'm going to make it past day three. This is such a long day. I mean, it's longer than a nine to five. You're almost going 13 hours a day straight. Of course you have breaks, but you're around the same people. We're on the same grounds. We don't leave. We do everything the same every day. Like the schedule is pretty much the same. And I think because it's such an overwhelming amount of information, it flies by. Like I've learned more about anatomy of the human body in five days than I have probably in my entire life. I've learned so much about the history of yoga, the proper alignment, and so it makes the days fly by a lot faster than I thought, and I feel like it's going to be one of those things where the days are long, but the weeks are short, and then I'm going to be like, wait, what happened? We're already done. So at the end of this, I will have a 200-hour certification, and I can use that Universally, so that's really nice that I could go to any country and use the certification because it's registered by Yoga Alliance So if you're ever interested in becoming a yoga teacher Make sure you go to Yoga Alliance first and search schools there that are registered Because what will happen if you just do a yoga training that doesn't have that Especially if it's not global you're gonna be stuck either not being able to teach at all or only in certain countries So that's probably my biggest takeaway from yoga training is make sure you're going to a certified school Read the reviews, and see what's included. My training includes the lodging, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the training, and the certificate. So it's quite a lot for the price I'm paying, and if you're interested, just DM me, Chelsea Rife on Instagram, and I'm happy to tell you more. I'm trying to think of any big differences. There's so many people here. There's people from Ecuador, Poland, Russia, the UK, France, Germany, um, Chile, Australia, so many different languages, so many different people. Oh, the Netherlands. So every day I try to talk to someone new or just try and learn a little bit of their culture. There's only 14 of us. So every day we're all trying to like learn new words or say things different or understand what certain things mean. For example, they're shocked that Greek life is real in the US, (laughs) like sororities and fraternities. They were like, I thought that was only a thing in the movies. Like, is that real? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And anyone that went to Florida State that was in a Greek life, knows that sorority recruitment just happened. So that was really funny to try and explain that. And I was like, this just sounds ridiculous to even try and explain because just saying like, yeah, you all dress up the same and you live with 56 girls in a house and it's basically a mansion. And yeah, there are tailgates and you party and you have these theme parties every week. They're like, wait, 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 this is real. So that's something really funny that try explaining Greek life, especially think about it, the word Greek life, and saying no one's actually truly Greek, of course maybe some people from come from Greek lineage, but trying to tell someone about Greek life and saying it's not, it doesn't really have anything to do with Greece is so confusing. So that's probably the biggest funniest thing that I've noticed is so different from any other culture. And then of course just little things, like there's words that they don't say that we say and vice versa, or they use one word to describe a, an entire event or feeling and we'll use several sentences. So it's just a really fun environment to be around because it also kind of like makes you check yourself. Like I feel like there are times where I was in Winter Park, Florida, where I just left, where you just feel like, yeah, I know the same people. I'm in the same bubble. It's really small and you know, I, I'm i good at this or I'm bad at this and this is my routine and this is what I like to do. and you kind of just get set in your ways and this really forces you to kind of check your ego at the door. Like I am not better than anyone else. No one else is better than me. Just because someone can do a headstand doesn't mean they're better than me. And just because I can, you know, bend my legs a certain way doesn't mean I'm better than anyone else. And I think that's really what yoga has been teaching me, especially in this training. Like when I got here, I thought everyone was going to be level 10 yogis, doing handstands, holding poses for, you know, 10 breaths. And yes, there are some advanced people, but outside of that, no one's judgmental. No one's like, oh, I guess she couldn't do that today. Or I don't get that feeling at all. Like everyone is just trying to better themselves and go on this journey alone. Um, for internally, like internal reflection, it's a really, really good trip to go on. It's three weeks, like I said, of just back to back to back classes or yoga, but you're also, while you're around 14 people all the time, it's also a lot of self-reflection. So I've been journaling every day, trying to see how I feel in the morning and then at night and what I can improve on. And this week it's staying still and being present. I tend to get really fidgety when we're holding poses. If anyone's a yogi and has been there, let me know what has helped you, but that is my intention for the week. Outside of other cultural updates, I'm trying to think of Australian updates. I don't really have any because I haven't been there. Um, oh, the money here. The money they use like a hundred, a hundred thousand. And it's like that's like a main bill where obviously to us a hundred thousand dollars is insane. You would never walk around with that. And they use rupiah. So it's a little confusing. I actually just downloaded an app called XE.com. It's just an exchange app. So I literally type in everything so I can see what I'm actually paying. So 100,000 rupiah is about six US dollars. So that's easy for me to remember. So it's extremely cheap. I cannot get over how cheap everything is. They have a thing called Gojek, which is kind of like Uber, but it's for scooters. So you literally order a scooter to wherever you are and they bring you a helmet and you get on the back and you go to wherever you need to go. So I took a Gojek downtown the other day, which is probably about 15, 20 minutes, and it was $1.35. Yeah, I'm pausing because I was in shock. I was like, there must be an error. There's no way this is $1.35. Maybe I got an automatic promotion code. Actually when I applied my promotion code it ended up being 35 cents. So it's so cheap here if you're ever like Oh, I can't travel or traveling is so expensive Save up and get a flight to Bali the flight might be expensive But you could honestly be here for three weeks and spend like five hundred to a thousand dollars I got coconut crusted fish yesterday with a brownie and water and it was six US dollars so Bali really is a place to come if you don't have a lot of money but want to really see a different culture and explore. And again, it's a bit westernized. So there's a lot of really cool cafes, restaurants, bars. I haven't really been out at night just because of the yoga training. But when I'm done here, I'm gonna go to Canggu. So if anyone's been there, send me all your restaurant recommendations, bar recommendations, whatever. I already have a hostel i'm staying at but i heard it's very chill and surfery and like yoga it's just like a really quiet fun place to be so i will be there at the end and again it's super cheap i think my night for the one night was just like seventeen dollars so it's going to be a really cheap weekend and even being here when i go out when i went out yesterday i probably spent and that's because I did a four hour spa day that cost me $45 so if I didn't do that I probably would have spent $35 and that's including the um, yoga class that I did, all my meals, a sarong and I bought something else that I can't remember but it's extremely extremely cheap here so again if you ever need to go somewhere tropical or just explore and want to see a new culture try and come to Bali because there's so much to learn here. Today's episode is featuring Paul Fishman. He is a self-love coach who has been through some pretty dark times. I know we all get in weird ruts where we're just like, how am I ever gonna get out of this? Paul was overweight. He was about 70,000 plus dollars in student debt. He was alone, he didn't have anything to really look forward to, and he was just in a really dark hole. And I wanted him on because now he has such an opposite lifestyle. He is taking care of himself mentally, physically, spiritually, financially in uh, romantically like every aspect of his life he's really worked hard to turn it around and so i i just thought how does someone do that like how could you be seventy thousand dollars in debt seventy thousand not one to two thousand not ten thousand not twenty thousand seventy thousand dollars in debt overweight just in a dark place and think, you know what, today's the day I'm gonna change something. That is such a strong shift of perspective to have. So I thought it was important to have him on to talk about that. And not only how he got out of it, it's not like he got out of it and is now working at like some job that he hates. He completely flipped the script and he's now a self-love coach. So he has all these different things going on, not only with his business, but for himself, that he's constantly bettering himself. So you can go to his website and see, All the different things that he offers. It's just insane. Like a self-love diet, courses, workshops, masterclasses. So if you're ever in that place where you're just like, I don't have any confidence. I'm just who I am. This is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. Never going to lose that weight. I'm never going to get that job. I'm never going to be able to work for myself. I'm never gonna do this, that, and the other thing. Paul is a perfect person to listen to because he gives you tangible steps with his courses and workshops and different classes. And even working with him one-on-one, you can really learn a lot from him. I will preface this episode by saying it's pretty deep in terms of what we talk about because he has done so much inner work And I feel like that type of content might be a little hard to understand if you haven't really listened to it before. For example, for two or three years now, I've really been trying to look inward and reflect on myself and my health and my ego and my conscious and all these different things. So I've listened to a lot of podcasts about it and also read a lot of books. So I feel like I'm finally in the place to understand these types of conversations. Whereas before I would listen to something and be like, oh my God, this is bullshit. Or this is so woo woo. Or yeah, of course. That person would say that they have the best life ever. Like they don't even know how hard it is. And now that I listen to so many things about, again, this type of content of just like manifesting and and reflection and looking inward, I really appreciate conversations around this, um, these dialogues that we're having. So it gets deep, but I really hope you find value from it because again, I can't imagine being in that much debt, being that crippled within yourself To just flip that around and not only flip that around, but conquer it and now be a self-love coach, that's wild. So Paul has so many amazing insights. I can't wait for you guys to hear from him. With that, let's dive in. Guys, we have Paul Fishman on today who is all about self-love, which is probably what the most important thing that we could possibly have in our lives. Mm. I think you would argue that because that's what your whole channel is about. But I feel like a lot of people have a hard road to self-love and even loving themselves, even liking themselves actually. You have a very particular story that it wasn't easy breezy to get where you are today.
1: No. Where to begin? So it really started, I'll start where my self-love journey began. Okay. Which was when I was 25 and I was at rock bottom and rock bottom for me looked like um, 75 pounds heavier than I am today. Um, massive uh, financial crisis in a toxic, emotionally abusive relationship, working a job that didn't serve me and was slowly killing me. Um, not, but I was just a people pleaser, 100%, like epitome of a people pleaser. Like if you looked in the dictionary, picture of Paul. Wow. Cute picture of Paul next to a people pleaser. <laughs> and, uh, the important thing to know about my self-love journey is that I didn't know that that was what I was on. So a little side note is that a lot of people say, okay, I need, I'm ready to start on my self-love journey. And then they're like, okay, so I said it, now what? Mm-hmm. And Because self-love, if we dive into the definition of self-love or at least my definition is, the word self means individual and the word love means devotion so we're getting devoted to that individuality so my self-love is gonna com- be completely different to yours Chelsea mm-hmm. because you are a different individual right and that's what we've gotten away from when it comes to just living life we mm-hmm. think that we're here and we need to be like every other person in the world and that's not the case we need you as you are Chelsea We need, everyone needs me as I am and right. all listeners we need you as you are so I woke up to the knowing that I wasn't living as I was meant to live. I, mm-hmm. I was just sacrificing myself for other people's happiness. And the thing about being a people pleaser is no one's actually pleased. Like the most people in your life that matter and most people in my life that matter, I'm really working on owning my stories and things I say by saying me and I. So if you catch me, who? Who? <laughs> me. Love me, it. I. Uh, most people in my life just wanted me to be happy and uh, A huge catalyst for my happiness was coming out So at the time that I was at rock bottom. I was really silencing my sexuality. I was silencing my truth of who I was as an individual and Not willing to lean into that feeling of self-love and acceptance because I didn't feel worthy of happiness so on an outer shell I was choosing things that I knew were not going to support me being happy because I didn't feel worthy of it. So what this looked like is emotional eating. What this looked like is buying way too many pairs of ridiculously expensive shoes. What this looked like is going out to dinner and then going out to dessert and then going out to dinner again, right? What this looked like for me is just sacrificing myself and working a job that had no meaning, right? Like, so the catalyst for me at rock bottom was saying, this is me, I'm gay, I'm ready, I'm proud to be who I am and I was on pins and needles because as a people pleaser you expect that anything you do that isn't in line with the idea that you have about what other people expect of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a kind of like a, you have to think, sit on yes. that person. The idea of what you have that other people expect of you. I think I said it differently that time, but <laughs> you hit the I, replay. We get, we get it. We're picking up what I'm putting down. Yes. What What happened was, I said, "Hey, I'm gay," and they're like, "Okay, what's for dinner?" <laughs> and it was like this massive blow to my ego. You know. Um, It was really hard for me to lean into this feeling that I had almost wasted upwards of 25 years of my life living in fear of what other people were going to think of me. And the willingness to sit in that fear didn't feel good. And that was really the breaking point. So I came out and at that point left the relationship that I was in and within two weeks, 20 pounds had fallen off of me. Uh, within three months, the job that I thought was the job of my dreams came knocking at my door and swooped me up and gave. I got like a 30% salary increase. Like, wow. Felt so valued and seen. And I was living in New York City at the time, so you know that extra money felt really good. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I started down the path of, like, finding my truth as, as a true who is Paul Fishman. Mm-hmm. And that's really where self-love started for me. It started, and it wasn't the, it was the piece of falling into this understanding that when I was aligned and stepped into that alignment with my truth and stopped lying to myself, therefore not lying to other people, I was able to just truly, truly, truly fall in love with my life. And the universe rewarded me. So if you're listening to this and you can relate to anything that I'm saying, like first of all, know you are not alone. Second of all, know that right here and now, it can only get better from where you are. Like, all you have to do is give yourself permission. And I know that that sounds like a weird foreign concept, like, oh, I have to give myself permission. Like, can't someone else do that for me? But a lot of clients come to me and they're like, hey, can you give me permission to do this? And I'm like, I mean, I can tell you this is great to do it. But if you can't find it within you, you're exactly where you were when mm-hmm. we started working together. So uh, that's, that's kind of where self-love started for me in a nutshell.
0: I love that you said when you stepped into your truth, it's like everything started aligning for you. All the right. stars were like, finally, he's doing what he's meant to be doing. He's accepting himself. But it almost seems like it happened not quick, but like within two months, the 20 pounds and then three months. Like it Two sounds, weeks, girlfriend. Two weeks. That's Okay. First of all, can we talk about what you were doing in two weeks? I don't know. It was like, really me, it, that it, it was plan. an
1: emotional weight that just fell off of me. Oh, my gosh. There's there's more to weight loss or weight gain than just food consumption and and calories in calories out i believe wholeheartedly in the energetic exchange of food the thoughts that are in our head as we consume food right like cheeseburger and fries if that's what you want like listen to that feeling like there's two two real pieces of the puzzle that come into play when it's food it's either You know I want this so knowingly because it it's going to nourish my body or I want this because I want to numb myself Mm -hmm. so which one is it which (laughs) one is it and if you're listening to this and you're just like I have no idea once again now that you know it's something that you want to discover discover it
0: just look into it and be more aware of what your the choices you're making it's really hard because we just go through life very mindless especially if you have a routine go nine to five to work eat the same lunches go to the same Mm -hmm. places do the same workout routines that you start to become a little less aware of like what am I actually doing who am I hanging out with like what friendships do I have in my life when you started really loving yourself did you have to evaluate the people in your life and have any type of like breakups outside of the one you had romantically like friendships did you have to have talks with your family to like really start shifting things
1: for me i don't know if there was anything outside of the the relationship that was a conscious you got to get out of my life Mm -hmm. really what i've noticed and the trend when it comes to saying yes to you first is the people who aren't aligned with you doing you will naturally just disappear. We love to create drama around change because it's so fun to live in that, right? <laughs> like, if, if you can relate to the the feeling of, oh, I just, like, if there's this one toxic person in your life and you're just like, oh, I wish they would just go away. Well, what would it feel like if they were gone? You know, like, why why is it more fun for you to live in that, discomfort of having a toxic person in your life, then standing up for yourself and saying, Hey, this is no longer serving me. And the story so I love I love the Brene Brown tactic of using Mm -hmm. the story that I'm telling myself is. Yes. Because it it not only kind of humanizes you in a beautiful way, but it gives the other person permission to read into that story and and translate it however they want. So, I mean, if we're talking about like toxic relationship or a friendship that just is no longer serving you, like, and I talk a lot about communication uh, within my programming is, hey, I want you to know that right here and now, like the, the way that you and I are interacting together, It doesn't feel right for me. Mm -hmm. The story I'm telling myself is that by telling you this, I'm going to deeply hurt you. And I'm scared. However, how we are operating as a friendship, as a partnership, just isn't serving me. And although it might feel like I'm hurting you by stepping away, at this point, I know that it's hurting me more and by me showing up as a hurt individual, I will n- be unable to serve you mm-hmm. as a friend, a partner. So, right. I mean, permission to use that verbatim if you need to be. I know. I was like, breakup. I'm
0: gonna clip that and save it in my voice memos, and just be <laughs> just like, like, send it. Yeah, I'm just be like, I'm gonna put my voice over it somehow, and just repeat
1: it. <laughs> I mean, like today. So I had um, another interview today, for and I was running late, and I sent her a voice memo, and I said, hey. The story I'm telling myself is I'm really, really not honoring your time. And it's really painful for me to be in that because I really do value and honor your time. And this traffic accident that happened in front of me, uh, it's out of my control. However, it's really damaging for me. uh, I hope that you are willing to accept my sincerest apologies for something out of my control. And I'm doing my best to get there as soon as possible. And she was like, yeah. You know, it's it like what? What, what can you say? I'm speaking my truth. I'm being so open and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like what? What? What could you say? So it's like that's the thing that the only thing that matters is the truth, Chelsea. Anything else, like you covering up your feelings for to protect other people, that's n- that's damaging to the other person because you, you might think that you're protecting them, but you're really just sacrificing yourself and Mm -hmm. if you're sacrificing yourself then there's going to be resentment regardless of what you think if I'm lying to you to protect you right if I'm running late and I say hey I actually am um, you know downstairs enjoying a coffee but I'm going to tell you that I'm running late into traffic like we love to use traffic as an excuse not only am I throwing away my integrity as a human but it's damaging to you because you I'm not able like you're looking at to me as someone who's here and like Mm -hmm. for instance like I forgot to I was so excited that I found a parking spot but I forgot to load the meter and then I texted you and I was like I forgot to load the meter and you were just like it's cool dude you know but the story that I'm telling myself is oh you have somewhere to be you don't want to be in traffic so I'm holding you back you know so that was something that I was going through today even when you emailed me to ask me if we could move it up and i knew that there was no way i could possibly do it i was trying to figure out a way because that's just the inherent people pleaser in me right but then i but then breathing into it i was just like this is just a test paul it's testing you i've been hit with like seven of those tests like are you going to speak your truth Mm -hmm. or are you going to sacrifice yourself for others because if i moved it up Or I've had to cut my interview short and then, you know, here we are. And we have still been in traffic because Friday traffic sucks. Right,
0: exactly. It's so interesting that you're talking about basically setting boundaries, speaking truth. It's a lot about what I just learned literally last night about throat chakras. And when it's blocked, you don't speak your truth. I imagine when you started going on this self-love journey, you maybe not got criticism because obviously people want to see you do well. But when change happens, people are uncomfortable. So they might have been like, "Why are, who is this guy? Who is this new Paul? Like, Did you face any criticism? And if so, how are you handling it with your voice and setting boundaries? And it sounds like you're great at it now, but how was it back then?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Uh, just to touch a little bit on the idea of setting boundaries and this whole concept that self-love is selfish. Really, that's a direct projection of the person who's calling you out for that. It's more of a like how dare you choose you over me uh, because maybe if we're talking about so I get a lot of uh, uh, my clients come to me I work with uh, a lot of women who are having trouble speaking their truth to their partner and maybe they need support uh, with the kids but it's this fear of getting pushed back so I'd rather not get pushed back and I'd rather just continue sacrificing myself and it's it's very interesting to step into that with my clients because so I'll, I'll tell you a story I had one client who um, was dealing with some infidelity in the relationship and it was known between both parties but there was a conscious decision to stay right and uh, as a coach it's not my job to do anything other than hold space and As a self-love coach, what I do and what I think I'm so powerful at doing is supporting people, finding it within. Like Self-love is the key to unlocking your best life. Because when you say yes to you, right? Like, you just quit your job, you're moving to Australia. Like, that's a big, like, probably you're terrified, but something deep inside of you is like, I can't do this anymore. I Mm got to just, like, switch it up, change, right? Right. So when it comes to the decision to sacrifice yourself to stay in something that isn't serving you or makes you feel wrong or or not good enough like there's more underneath that right so the time that i spent living in that i'm wrong for wanting more and i'm wrong for wanting to be happy was the time that the universe supported me believing that Mm. The emotionally abusive relationship I was in, the constant tape that was playing in my mind via this woman's mouth was, this is what happiness looks like. So if you aren't happy here, then you're never going to find happiness because this is what happiness looks like. And because I thought that that is what I deserved, I stayed, Mm -hmm. right? And, And so my client... Really thought that that was what they deserved, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until we broke through that worthiness wound—the the wound of of inherently feeling like we're just not deserving of mm-hmm. happiness—which is something that like lives in all of us. So weird. It is weird, but it's also just a part of human condition, right. and it makes us all relatable and beautifully broken and imperfectly perfect and uh, I think it's super connecting Um, when I finished working with this client she allowed herself to work through all of the pieces that were making her feel unworthy Mm -hmm. of anything more and once we dug deep into it she was able to consciously make the decision to stay, through her power, not her sacrifice, and that's really where self-love comes into play. Because right. your decisions are yours. Of course, they're going to affect other people, but the decisions are only going to affect people up to the amount uh, that they are affected by them. Mm-hmm. Right? You here, sitting here, you have your your own being, your your own ability to choose how to feel. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's fun to point fingers at other people and play the blame game because, I mean, it's easier. It's easier to not look in the mirror and say, wow, you fucked up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easier to say, or I fucked up. It's easier to say like, you fucked up, and point the finger and like, you're wrong, and woe is me, and you hurt me, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, to dive into that hurt, but I mean, circling back to your question about opening up the throat chakra and speaking your truth. I have a controversial belief that uh, a lot of disease comes from keeping emotion and your truth inside. I had a potential client that I was going to work with but wasn't at a place where she felt ready to commit who was talking to me in our self-love clarity call which is what if you want to work with me one-on-one we have. our our first connection. And she was telling me about how she was going through a lot of like physical ailments and, and she said, Paul, I've silenced myself for too long. It's too much for me. And like every time she starts saying something could hear her holding back tears, Mm -hmm. like, like swallowing them down. And I was like, girlfriend, what's going on? Like, talk to me about like why you feel like you need to keep that in. And she was like, I just don't. And then they just like, Bell and it's like inaudibly couldn't understand what she was saying because there's so much emotion was coming wow. out and then I found out later on that she was uh, going through a, a cancer um, uh, diagnosis Wow! and it just goes to show that when you silence yourself and you keep that emotion inside it festers right. and it can cause so much, so many crazy things in our body.
0: I don't think that's controversial at all because if you think about it, when you get scared, you get butterflies in your or happy, you get butterflies in your stomach. If you get angry, like you can feel your face turning red. Mm. Like people know when you can just think something and feel something, you can feel it in your body. Mm. So it is pretty believable that something that you're holding in for so long would manifest itself in such a, an insane way. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, listen. I'm preaching to the choir, I guess, yeah. but when it comes down to it, it's it's the unwillingness to lean into this idea that we are in such control of our environment and our body and our state of well-being that we have to fully own it, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to say, oh, the uh, pharma companies or the big ag companies or ag- all these different things, that's the reason I'm sick. Right. Yes, absolutely. The external environment is absolutely going to affect you. However, the thoughts and the consistent living in the that's why I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick Mm -hmm. is absolutely going to develop self-hatred and loathing and uh, lack of trust for the body that has gotten you to where you are. So I just, if if you're out there and you're dealing with some sort of sickness or some sort of like um not well feeling. I really invite you to look into that. Mm-hmm. Like open yourself up to there's more than just doctors and medication, mm-hmm. right? They are. Absolutely. But uh I'm not a trained <laughs> medicine, a doctor, or anything. and
0: We're on a non-expert opinion yeah, and, podcast. Oh, so. yes. In my non-expert <laughs> yeah. opinion,
1: it's perfect. I it's, love it. That worked well. Yeah. It was so, great right into it. I know. I
0: was like, wow, I didn't think the name would just fall right in your mouth. Yeah. That worked so well. But what about, like, how did you learn to start doing this, though? Because that's something that I feel like I lack confidence in is telling someone, I want to set this boundary because what you were saying earlier the one the clip that I need to play to myself every day that you were telling me to say verbatim did you, was it like a practice that you finally were so confident like where did you end up finally getting the confidence to start saying what you wanted to say and living the life that you wanted to live
1: Well, I was at the edge of fear with it. I was just terrified to stand up for myself and I sat in that fear for years. And you know creating a boundary can be so many different things. And for me that first boundary was coming out. It was saying the way that I've been leading my life up until now was to serve you and I no longer am willing to serve you and sacrifice me. So this is who I am and I love that about me or I'm working on loving that about me and this is my first step. So, and then in that moment it was the universe being like, yes, we see you, we support you, we mm-hmm. have you. And I, I think that the the trouble with living in the times that we're living in is that you can go onto this device that you carry around with yourself and you can instantly, instantly within sometimes even hours, go onto an app, order something and have it delivered, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to put the intangible concept of self-love into Amazon and Mm -hmm. order it and have it delivered and we want to pay the upgrade for two hour window shipping, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're living in such a fast paced age, we expect that we can have anything and everything at the at the um, snap of fingers. Oh yeah, and that is unfortunately, but fortunately, not the case. Because if it was so easy to command something like self love, well, life would be boring. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd and we'd all be perfect we, in robots. Right, robot. right. We would all be perfect in robots. And I think that our wounding and our our not lack of self love, but like our willingness to allow external factors to influence us is really what makes us beautiful. Because my mission isn't to tell you to fuck everyone else around you mm-hmm. and just do you. My mission is to empower and inspire humanity to love unconditionally. And the only way that we can do that, the only way we can do that is if we. Decide right here now that I, I am going to love myself as I am and lead with that. Because if I'm sitting here and I'm saying, Chelsea, I love myself enough to create a boundary for you. And then you see how that boundary between you and I magically makes me feel better. You're going to be like, I want to try that too. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is going to create love because The one thing that we need some boundaries around is hatred, is judgment, is prejudice, is ostracization, uh, is just this exclusionary feeling that we are better than anyone else. And when I say self-love is going to bring love to humanity, it's because the people who are hurting the most are the ones who are inflicting the most pain
0: oh yeah that couldn't be more true Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how you had you hit such a dark place and then you found that confidence to say i'm gay this is who i am that was like you were kind of talking about it It was the first step in creating a boundary and then you got out of debt you landed your dream job like things started aligning but i want you to tell the listeners that it wasn't like Um, a game show that you spun a wheel and everything just fell into your lap like you want all this stuff like you Mm -hmm. probably had to do internal and external work to get there so like an example I have is like recently I started taking my health and fitness seriously so I was like I'm gonna download an app to help me track my food just to get started I don't like actually living that way but like I need to see what's going in and out I'm gonna hire a trainer to keep me accountable Because I know myself, if I get to the gym, I'm going to walk around, do three things, and leave. Mm -hmm. So I need someone to be like, where are you? Time to do this workout. Were there specific things? Like, did you create an action plan to get all those things? Or was it like, like, I want to hear more about that experience of what the tangibles were that you were doing Mm -hmm. to manifest all of that.
1: Yeah. So I was surviving. That's what I was doing. I did not know that it was a self-love journey until... I would say, eight years after I started down that path, there was the second... You know when you, like, that moment when you were, like, about to pay for the personal trainer and you start freaking out? Oh, just yeah, like, and it was expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> personal trainers are very expensive. And, uh, and I personally believe that self-development... Mm, so I'm trying to dismiss the word should from my vocabulary, but can't find another word that fits like I believe that self-development should be expensive because if a personal trainer was a dollar you wouldn't be showing up oh yeah you know and that's why it's important for me to charge what I charge Mm -hmm. because if I were to say yes you can work with me and it will be two hundred dollars a month there would be no change happening Mm -hmm. and and even if even if two hundred dollars was all you could afford no change happening Uh, and I know this from personal experience, right? We, um, we have this very interesting conditioning around money. But uh, back to this whole tangible life of like, did I sit down and craft a plan? At the time, no, but I'm really, really excited because I have now taken what I've learned over this almost 10 year journey of learning how to love myself and I have created a like blueprint plan that anyone who's willing to take on can learn and use and and um, and I'll dive a little bit into it so it's called the self-love success path and it's five parts it's five steps and it's um, I used it to create my course that lives inside of my community which is self-love on demand which is my primary offering and basically what it looks like is it's five parts self-discovery is first and this is the first step to successfully defining who you are as an individual right so who are you like for instance chelsea who are you outside of the girl that has this uh, podcast who is moving to Australia who quit their job who um, you know like who are you and you're, I have clients I I always love to ask that question on uh, the call and they'll be like I have no clue I define myself by that and a you're not alone B, like it's really hard to define ourselves outside of the external stuff and then it's like Oh, hey, I, mean, I'm supposed to say I have a blog and you know, I, mm-hmm. I have a podcast. Okay, great, cool. Does that define you? I mean, kind of, but like no, not yeah. at all. So the first step is discovering A, that maybe you don't know who you are. And then B, I give some very tangible tools like um, gratitude. Gratitude is a really great way to figure out who you are because every night you're writing down three things you're grateful for that happened I mean, then you know, like, okay, I'm grateful for this. Right. So because of that, I can further dive deep into who I am as an individual. And from self-discovery, so after we discover who we are, then we dive into self-awareness. Now, self-awareness is at the tail end of discovery because we've discovered who we are, and we have to get really aware that it's really uncomfortable. You know, so uncomfortable to be like... (gasps) wow, I've been living my life for other people for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this and you feel like it's too late to start living for yourself, you, I, I'm just having a gentle Paul Fishman kick in the ass moment <laughs> to let you know that it's never too late to say yes to you and your willingness to fully step into your light is what makes you beautiful. So self-awareness is just like, okay. I know who I am now. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. So I got to sit into that and I got to push through it and I got to lean into it. And then from there, we head into self-acceptance because this is the piece that's really important. It's like, okay, so I know who I am. I'm conscious of it. I notice it's making me uncomfortable and now I got to accept it. I got to accept that maybe the job that I'm working at is no longer serving me. Maybe the relationship, maybe uh, uh, the my sexuality maybe i got to create boundaries with my family my parents whatever it is maybe i want to move to australia maybe i want to shake everything up and and it's just like it's it really really self-love is living the life of your dreams the best life giving yourself permission to do that so within self-acceptance it's that piece of the puzzle where i'm allowing myself to accept that i am where i am and more importantly i'm allowing myself to feel it and be okay with it. And then once we move through self-acceptance, we head into self-expression. And this is where, what we were talking about before, we learn how to communicate. We learn how to not only ask others, but really the key is how to ask yourself mm. for permission. Yes. Right? Because looking in the mirror and saying, okay, I'm going to love myself. Yeah, sure. Like do that 100%. But what's next? You know, Mm -hmm. how how do you if your goal, for instance, is to go to the gym consistently, how do you maintain yourself on that path without having a very clear agreement with yourself? Like Mm -hmm. we're going four days a week. If I need the accountability from a trainer, I'm going to invest in that. If that's not in my budget, I'm going to do other things. I'm going to get a workout buddy. I'm going to find uh, it within me. I'm going to reward myself with something inexpensive or something that isn't doesn't cost any money like finding something that you really really love to do say it's a maybe you love watching youtube right like but the time that you're spent watching youtube you're not going to the gym so let's say in exchange for going to the gym i'm going to allow myself to watch youtube it's i mean it's a it's a easy like success reward reward system. reward system it's and it's like we love to create blocks for ourselves, mm. right? Like, oh, I can't afford the, the uh, trainer like Chelsea, so I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. Okay, that's a great story. How does, how does that, how's that serving you? Mm-hmm. you know? how do, how's that working out for you living in that self-sabotage? Because that's what that is. Right. Uh, and then, so once we express what we want, then we move into self-love. Now, the cool thing about the success path, it's not linear. Like, self-love is not a finite thing. It's not something that you start someplace and you get to it. Mm-hmm. Self-love, my, the self-love success path is actually a heart shape uh, for me, at least. I, discover, I defined it that way. And it's an arrow. So it's created by an arrow. And you go up and you get it hit, hit a valley through the self-acceptance. and Then you go up into self-expression and then down into self-love. And that arrow correct, connects right back into self-discovery because it's you're constantly evolving right if if i was to say and i just love always pulling it back to this example of you moving to australia uh you have this deadline you're going to be there for a year right you're there for a year if i if you were to say that in a year i know to be true that i'm going to be done living there well how do you really know like that's you creating a block for you to flow into the willingness to just step into the unknown and say right. you might go and be there for a month and be like get me out of here right right we we don't know but the first step is lifting your foot up and mm-hmm. putting it one foot in front of the other
0: absolutely that was something that i had to have faith in because to your point i could go there for four weeks and be like this is not what i thought at all i'm turning right back around but i was like a mantra that i'd tell myself is like everything is temporary like moving there is temporary I say that to myself because it's I mean like even if I live there for life at some point I'm gonna pass away so that's temporary if I am scared of something that feeling is temporary if someone's sick hopefully that's temporary so that helped me get through but I had to have faith in something that it was gonna work out but it had to be I literally had it was I call it like the vortex I got in this vortex where I was like I'm moving I have to go get new passport pictures I need to apply like I literally blocked off two days to do all that And I feel like had I not done that, I would have scared myself out of it because we love to self-sabotage. Why do you think we like to do that? Like, why do we like to ruin the plans we have for ourselves?
1: It's easier. It's easier it's easier. It's easier to stay comfortable. It's easier to stay in your pain. The relationship that isn't serving you, the job that feels like it's slowly killing you, the debt, the... The, it's the weight gain. It's easier to stay there because you don't have to change anything, mm-hmm. and change is hard. And so it's the hardest thing. It's uh, I mean, and listen, you're not alone. Uh, I, the, the point where self sabotage becomes just something we can't do anymore is up to each individual. Mm-hmm. What I can say is that on the other end of self sabotage is freedom. And the real why behind self-sabotage outside of it being easier is that it's more comfortable. Like, I know what being overweight feels like. So I know it. It's not unknown, right? Mm -hmm. I know what, and I'm speaking from my old self, I know what it's like to be in a relationship where I'm told that my unhappiness is actually happiness. That's safe. I know what it's like to be in financial crisis. I know what it's like to be miserable at my job. Cool, awesome, I know it. It, it feels safe for me, it's comfortable. Why would I get out of comfort, right? Mm-hmm. And that's for each person to answer on their own. The only thing that I can say is that when you are ready to step out of the comfort of your suffering, we're waiting for you on the other side Mm -hmm. and we will suffer for as long as we are willing to suffer and the only person who can take you out of the suffering is you like you can message me after you hear this on instagram at paul fishman and be like oh my gosh i heard you on uh, the i uh, in my non-opinion podcast please please can you help me sure please, like I, I will receive you into my practice. However, I can hold space for you. I can take your money and you can, that can be an energetic exchange and a contract that you, by you paying me, you're saying, Paul, I'm going to do this work. I'm going to do my very best and I'm choosing you to support me on that journey. It's not a magic pill, though. Mm-mm. And that's the, that's the thing that we run into in the, the health and wellness and, and um, service uh, area and um, niche. Is that I have people who pay me thousands of dollars who expect that to be the change. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that's all they need, right? For some people, they need to just spend the money maybe not show up, but then I'll hear from them and they'll be like, changed my life. And I'm like, uh.
0: We didn't even talk. We didn't even talk. (laughs) But
1: I mean, thanks for the Gucci bag. Yeah, okay, (laughs) thank you. No. Um, But, or on the flip side, it's just like, I used to really beat myself up. And by used to, I mean like up until a day or two ago (laughs) when clients either didn't show up didn't do the work, didn't perform. And I realized that you can only, you know, you can only bring a cow to water, but you can't get them to drink. And and the as a coach or anyone in the service industry, it's not my job to get my clients' results. It's my job to create an environment where they have the power and the strength and the ability to step into their truth and get those results.
0: I'm so glad you said that, especially as a coach because you would think you would be saying the opposite of like, come to me, Lil, I'm gonna change your life because that's what people want to hear. Like you said, the Amazon Prime, quick, instant gratification. We want someone else to fix our problems so that we don't have to do the hard work. Mm. And I remember I used to go to therapy for a year. I recommend therapy for everyone, Mm. I loved it. And I remember one time I was getting frustrated because I just didn't want to do the work. And I was like, can you just give me like a book or something or like a podcast that I can listen to? Like, I was so frustrated with her. And you could tell she was like, reading a book is not going to fix all the rooted issues that you have within you. Like, I can give you some that I like, which was one that you were talking about earlier, Brene Brown. But like, Mm -hmm. I can't all of a sudden you're not going to listen to a podcast and it's going to transform you. Like, we need to get into what's going on inside of you. And she used a quote that I think I said on the podcast before, if, if it takes seven miles to walk in a forest, it's going to take seven miles to walk back out. So if it, you've experienced something for 10 years, it's not going to be over in two days. It's probably going to take you quite a bit to get out of that 10-year rut that you were living in. So what's interesting is that you had such a hard background and now you're a self-love coach. How did you even find this profession that you were like, this is my purpose now. Like I actually feel confident that this is what I can do and this is a message that people need to hear.
1: So I was working in the fitness industry. My path had led me there out of fear. I, was, I had lost all of the weight and I was terrified to gain it back. So I thought the only way that I would be able to keep it off is if I got paid to work out. Mm-hmm. So I stepped into that with ill intention but also, like, loved it. While I was in it, I loved it. Uh, for anyone who's listening who's a fitness instructor, I feel you. It is very hard work. It is the, it's really easy to fall into self-sacrifice and people-pleasing as a fitness instructor because you are literally dead last. And push pushing your body beyond, beyond, uh, I mean, I'm recovering from massive adrenal fatigue and malnourishment and all of these things because as a leader in the space I want to have knowledge of how everyone's doing it so I was that guinea pig doing all the different fad diets doing it because I wanted to know I wanted to you, I can't give advice unless I've lived it mm-hmm. you know, I can absolutely like, like tap into your energy and what you're going through and that's a gift of mine but I've lived so many crises that I'm really able to speak to most people. And I was sitting with a client and she was going through a divorce. And she said, Paul, I don't want to work out today. I just want to sit and stretch and talk. She's like, your energy's really calming. I really feel supported and seen by you. And you really helped me take it, like put my life into perspective. She said, but I do also need to lose five pounds so that men will find me attractive. Oh, wow. And that, that was like this light bulb, this Oprah aha moment where I was just like, oh, I get it. Self-love is the foundation to any transformation because if you are doing any type of journey, whether it's weight loss, if it's uh, going to school, if it's if it's getting certified for a new career or Uh, going on a journey of some sorts if you are doing it with the hopes that you will receive external validation it's going to mess you up because when push comes to shove right here and now you have to do it for you right like you have to go to the personal trainer for you Mm -hmm. I have to go to therapy for me I have to speak my truth for me. I have to deal with my issues for me, right? If, if you're doing it for other people, it's ill intention and it's not going to serve you. So I knew at that moment that before I was able to be a part of someone's transformation, whether it's in their business or their relationship or their body, really up to get with the self-love And that's been the really fun thing to experience because now and we were talking earlier before about like, oh, Paul, it's surprising that you're not trying to sell people to come work with you. Um, I don't have time to convince people to work with me. Like if you feel called to work with me, notice that Mm -hmm. and let it scare you and then apply to work with me or just follow me on Instagram or, or notice that kind of stuff because the people that I want to work with are the people who want to work with me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if we're on, we're on a phone call and you're just like, eh, I don't know. It's just like, not only are you wasting my time, but you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And your time is the time that you have control of. So the real question is, is why are you continuously... Applying to work for Coach it with coaches, buying online programs, trying out fad diets, when you know they're deeply and truthfully what you need and want. We all know what we want to do. Mm-hmm. We're just scared that it's going to be taken away from us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're probably terrified that for some reason they're not going to let you into Australia,
0: I'm terrified that I'm going to, like, run out of money and have to, like, come home because I'm, like, I blew it or something.
1: Right. So, and then you're like, oh, I'm just not going to go. Yeah. Or, yeah. like,
0: or oh, I got to just cut the trip
1: short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that, those, that's normal. We all experience those fears and doubts. The real change happens when you push through and you're just like, okay, those are fears. Those are stories. They are not true. Like, because... You could go there and manifest running out of money real quick. Mm-hmm. Like easily, you could run out of money real quick. Like there are some cute clothing brands mm-hmm. over there, and like the Instagrammable bakeries, <laughs> and like I mean, whatever. Like you, it's expensive in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, but it's expensive everywhere. Right. And you could easily manifest that, or you can go there with this, with the intention of I am moving to Australia to. To change things up, I was at, like, I almost think that you're on your beginning of a journey that could be defined as self love, but also just like, you know, Chelsea stepping into her light. Mm-hmm. And it's, the universe is absolutely going to test you. Oh, yeah. And it probably already has, like, to sh- be like, nah, this isn't the right decision, right? Like, uh, like clockwork, whenever I have, um, I'll tell, I'll tell a funny story of one of my clients. So this client who came to me at the end of a relationship. And she, our interaction started with a very just like long Instagram like vent. Like, hey, I'm sure so many people send this to you. But like, da, 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 and like no punctuation, you grammatical awesome. errors. And I was just like, hmm what's going on here? And she was like, I'm just really having a hard time like leaning into myself or I I don't really understand who, I just started using that term lean in and I need to like cool it on that because I'm saying it a lot. (laughs) Uh, But it just feels so right. Yeah, Um, makes sense. And so we get on the phone and I said, here's the thing. I'm really excited to work with you. I think that I'm gonna support your transformation But like clockwork, I guarantee that four weeks in, you're going to freak out. Because we're getting into that through that self-discovery and self-awareness piece. Mm -hmm. And you're going to realize that, oh my God, the past X amount of years that I was with this human, I was sacrificing myself. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, well, fuck, I wasted that part of my life. We live in regret and we beat ourselves up. And and it's just like, no, Mm -hmm. no. It's liberating to realize that the universe got your back So now I've been working with this client for just a little bit over a month and it's so fun because as I gain trust and learn more we uncover that The relationship ended because she was sacrificing herself for this other human She was silencing herself and she was in a career that wasn't serving her. Now, the universe, and I like to think of like our journey as like a pool, a game of pool, right? The universe was pulling back the pool stick. I always use this analogy, and I don't like know the actual words. Like is <laughs> pool stick? I was, is that even the word? Yes. Oh, it's yeah, a pool, yeah, pool stick. A, okay, great. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I've, First term check. Check, check, check. <laughs> um, to to hit the white ball
0: yeah i don't even know what it's called now okay
1: great so and the universe supported her moving from her job relocating across the country and working remote right so here we are and she's moved she's in close to family and then partner pulls the plug now in this space and time the partners pulled the plug She's like, well, I don't have an identity now. I don't know what I'm doing. And we discover who, it is, who who she is very quickly. She's very willing to do the work. And she starts telling me all these stories and connecting the dots. And I was just like, you are aware that the universe moved you out here and gave you this gift of a remote job. So that you can be closer to your family and you can be closer to the exact things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. I was like, if you choose not to go down this path that you and I both know, you have to go down. And I never impose, like, I never tell my clients what they have to do because it's not my place. But uh, just for the point of the story, you, and she said, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. And I said, I know. (laughs) And uh, here she is every week when we got on the phone, she's like, I, I, I had no idea, Paul. I had no idea how much I was silencing myself. And it's been so fun to experience and so cool to watch my clients blossom. So if you can relate to that story if you're listening and once again you feel called to water the flower that is you and bloom, Oh, I will totally work in that garden with you.
0: I love that. I'm. There's something that I struggle with, where what's the balance between self-love, confidence, that whole thing, versus like arrogance and cockiness? Because I always think of the Mean Girls quote, mm-hmm. where she's like, "You're really pretty," and she's like, "Thanks," and she's like, "So you agree? You think you're really pretty?" Yeah. And I, th- I never forget that line because it's like that line made us think, "Oh, you're right. I can't." say that I'm pretty that's arrogant. And of course this is a surface level example. I'm using a, a right. quote from Mean Girls, but I do think sometimes people think, "Oh, if I'm confident, I love myself, that's kind of what you're talking about earlier. It's selfish, it's arrogant, I'm being pompous." Like, how do you define the two dif- to to differentiate?
1: Can you take us a little deeper? Can you tell us like an ex- like when you've experienced this because I I think it would be a lot better painted picture if I can just coach you through it. I would
0: say I'm trying to think of a specific example maybe we can go to this Australia example like i'm i what's the word i'm looking for like i'm confident things will work out like i have this faith in it but then there is this weird where people keep saying oh you're so lucky like you i can't believe you get to do that and i'm like well no i like chose to do that and so i'm like confident in that decision but then there's part of me that's like yeah wait why do i get to do this kind of what you're talking about earlier about feeling worthy like Am I lucky like did I just like did this just fall in my lap like do I deserve this am I being like uh, Selfish for leaving a job that was very cushy leaving my family They're all in Florida leaving a close group of friends. I had I had a very great life in Florida It's not like I'm running away from everything. So there's this part of me. That's like is this a selfish decision? Is this like something that I'm not supposed to be doing and I think Mm. that is probably a good example.
1: Yeah Well, is it selfish?
0: to me like saying when you talk about it out loud it's not because what i always go back to like again thank god for therapy is what evidence do i have that this is selfish and if i think about it not one person has really been like no one has verbatim said to me that's selfish you need to take a step back so where did i just make that story up in my head no one has been like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard i haven't heard anyone say that mm-hmm. i take people's tone and make it my own they're like oh so where are you going do you have a job and i'm and i twist that as wow you're really leaving your cushy job to go do that good luck girl and i think Hmm. that's the funny thing is like what evidence do i have i don't really have any it's just Hmm. like a story i tell in my head
1: yeah how's that working out for you
0: it's i like to put it away and quiet it it's it's been creeping up lately just because the move is in a week and I feel like I've been confident this whole time in the last two weeks because I'm getting all the questions now that it's so public, that I'm like that fear and ego is starting to take over. So mm. I'm trying not to let it, but it's definitely creeping up because it's so close.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That it would be, it would be hard. And this is all about once again, like having to put ourselves into a box so that other fe- people feel comfortable around us. Right? Yes, need to justify mm-hmm. yourself to the nth degree. I'm moving to. His- I I like to kind of treat people not treat people but like when it comes to having to tell people my why uh, I will only go so far right the, the reflection of you going to Australian people saying they're so lucky is really a I wish that I could do that right I want to do that so badly oh I'm jealous maybe not so much but it's just like there, the shame that comes up, you're only human. Like, it makes sense that you would feel shame because as humans, we want everyone to be happy. That's why we fall into people pleasing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a generalized statement about about humans wanting happiness. There are lots of humans who unfortunately don't want other people's happiness, but as two humans sitting together who want other people's happiness, of course, that would be painful for you to hear other people say, I'm lucky because Uh, you're lucky because dot 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 I wish that I could do that too and then it's like oh well how come I get to do that but they don't Mm -hmm. what makes me better than them Mm -hmm. all these things you're not better than them actually you need to sacrifice yourself stay back don't leave them don't make that other person uncomfortable but Chelsea I guarantee you that you making this move is not only going to change your life but you are going to inspire at least one person to do that too because that's how your energetic shift into saying yes to you is therefore going to push others to do it as well. And that's why this work is so crucial. Mm-hmm. It's to say yes to yourself in a beautiful, confident, powerful way. And, you know, I, I just, I can't express my gratitude for you doing that for yourself. Like, it's it's really cool and it's something that i have always i first of all i've always dreamt to go to australia but it's the idea is exciting to uproot yourself and change everything and and we've convinced ourselves that we have to live life in this cookie cutter way and it's just not true Mm -hmm. unless it is right
0: that's what makes you happy yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely
1: and um that's all I have to say on that.
0: I think what resonated with me is the line of, like, putting yourself in a box to make other people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, we always make ourselves small because we, I think we're scared of our potential. Mm. And I think that's what kind of, I think that's why I, like, tell this certain story of people. I, I kind of, what you were saying, I don't want to explain 25 different reasons of why I'm going. I like to keep it short and sweet. But then there is a part of me that's like, oh, I need to give them a cookie cutter answer so they feel comfortable but I'm like actually there's a part of me that almost knows that I'm going to flourish more than I ever have like I know I'll be able to wear 15 different hats and do well and I have that confidence but then it's like when you start talking to people and you hear like, wait, wait you're really like you don't have a job you, you don't have a place to stay like I think the ego does creep up a little bit and it's like yeah you're right like I don't like I'm not what am I thinking how could I leave this life behind and so it is a lot of internal like self-talk you have to talk to yourself and be like chelsea you got this like you're you're so brave thank you i'm like i'm trying to like keep it that way but of course you know the external voices come out and i'm curious in your life like what experiences have you had where people were either giving you so much criticism or doubt or anything that you had to work through it like what were the thoughts going in your head that you're like that doesn't phase me at all like i am not triggered i am on my own path and this is like what i'm doing Because I want people to leave this podcast knowing tools to use Mm -hmm. and how to actually get out of that headspace of, like, these people are right. I should stay. Like, what am I doing? Mm.
1: Um, Well, I will give you my four-part strategy to stepping through any type of resistance, fear, conflict, really. You can throw this strategy at anything, and it will be very powerful. So, it's really easy to remember, it's called the Paul Strategy, so it's right after me. And Paul is an acronym, and it stands for, it's four parts. The first part is presence. So you get present with the way you're feeling right here and now. Ask yourself, how am I feeling? How am I feeling? Just lay it out on the line. And then the second piece is accountability. Get accountable with yourself. Mm -hmm. Hold yourself accountable for how you're feeling and know that it's okay. And then with that knowingness, we head into unconditional acceptance, you. And this is like the, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be, right? Even if you're suffering, right? You're suffering through an abusive relationship. You're suffering through binge eating. You're suffering through a horrible job. That suffering is there to to teach you a lesson and not in like, I'm going to teach you a lesson, Mm -hmm. but that suffering is there for you to learn something, right? I'll reframe it that way. So it's not as harsh. And I urge you, if you are in one of those types of situations to apply the Paul strategy, get present with your current situation. What can I do differently to make this better? Or what can I do differently to even just survive instead of, being the victim or instead of like allowing others to choose my direction what can i do differently what can i learn from this well and i can take an example from my life what can i learn from working in the fitness industry for five years and almost injuring myself and and messing up my entire body what can i learn from that gotta be gentle It's, it's scarcity is not a place to live in Mm-mm. so i learned that and then finally after we're getting present with where we are and accepting that we're, we're here for a reason you're meant to be experiencing the things that you're experiencing either because you need to learn that suffering is not the way that anyone needs to live for the third fourth fifth time right my grandmother was married six times she married the same man six times he was the same exact man, you know, verbally abusive, bad with money, and uh, just n- not nice. She kept on repeating the cycle and the pattern because we never took time to breathe mm-hmm. and release and understand that I'm worth more than this type of man. Because until you release that, you're going to continue, the universe is going to keep on being like, girlfriend, we're trying to teach you a lesson here, but you're mm-hmm. clearly not willing to learn it. So got to go through it again. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you, you might be listening to this and like maybe even laughing like, oh, wow, I, am le- I have been, the universe has been trying to teach me this lesson five times. Yeah,
0: in a row. In a mm-hmm.
1: row. And I keep on ch- working, moving down that cycle. And sometimes it takes someone outside of yourself, like a coach, like myself, to point out a cycle mm-hmm. and i love those moments i love the breakthrough moments that's why i do this work is to have the hey uh, i just want tor- to check in because what i've experienced is the past three phone calls we've had we're talking about the same exact thing the same struggle what can you do differently here mm-hmm. what's something that you can control Right, I'm not talking about your partner. I'm not talking about your job. What's something that you can do? Oh well, I mean, I could do. Can you can you do that for me? Yeah. Like, there's three pillars to working with me. It's the strategy which I give you to make the work happen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: accountability, and then we work on mindset together. And accountability is really where the sweet spot is. Because you have someone who you know is holding you to that high standard that you've invested in, that they know your goals. Mm -hmm. I mean, what more could you want? Like, that all I want, like, it hurts my heart when I have clients who don't succeed or make their goals. Like, I just want you to be successful. Right. You as the collective of people who are going to come work with me. Mm -hmm. But it's... It's just like this dance that we do where we're just like, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm going to sabotage. Oh, blame, blame, blame. Shame, shame, shame. Should, should, should. La, la All this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't even remember the question I was answering. But I
0: think just like the, tool, the tools that we oh, yeah. use in
1: the Paulist strategy. That strategy. Thinking, yeah. And yeah. The final piece of the Paulist strategy, that's it, was love. So uh, P-A-U-L, presence, accountability, unconditional acceptance, and love and um love is just throwing some love at it just like and the way that i love to show myself love is reaching my arm up bending my elbow patting myself on the back taking a deep breath in chelsea why aren't you doing it with me oh my
0: gosh you're right
1: deep breath doesn't that feel good
0: (sighs) yeah even taking deep
1: breaths
0: i wonder the apple watch makes you breathe
1: the breath is so powerful
0: It literally alerts me to breathe and I'm like, whatever. And I'm like, God, that does help so much. Yeah, because
1: I will, especially like when we're sitting in traffic all day, we're sitting in front of the computer, like I will catch myself. I'm like, how long was I just holding my breath? I was like, I just hit the Guinness Book of World (laughs) Records for breath hold.
0: (laughs) Literally. Yeah. In a day's work. Right.
1: It's like not even thinking about it. So presence, accountability, unconditional acceptance and love. You can use this when you're in an altercation with a significant other, like getting present with how you're feeling, holding yourself accountable. Like there's always, it takes two to tango. Mm -hmm. It's not always your partner's fault that the dishes aren't done, right? Like what can you do different? For instance, this is something that my husband and I really struggle with because um, doing the dishes, it's not a priority for me. It never has been. Uh, I was conditioned to think that, um, doing the dishes was punishment. Mm. So working through that and, and breathing through that and accepting that it's not—it's an act of self-care—has been a—it's been a, a very—it's been a journey. <laughs> so my husband freaks out if the house isn't sparkling clean, and that's just—that's just not me. And uh, I communicate that to him, but every single time there's a dirty dish in the sink, <sighs> Paul. Can you please do the dishes? And I was like, sure. Yeah. This is what I need from you though, Richard. I need you to be to acknowledge when I do them and thank me. Because mm-hmm. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. I could care less. Right. You know? So when I don't receive that from him, I turn in that, to that rebellious little boy. Mm-hmm. I say, well, screw you. I'm doing this. You're not even acknowledging me or thanking me. But now I know that it's on me, that I just need him to say thank you. Mm -hmm. So I ask him, I say, hey, did you notice that I do the dishes? Did you do the dishes? Yes, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that for me. Even if I have to ask it, like, there's no need for me to resent him for not doing something that I haven't communicated, even if I have communicated a million times. And that's what I keep on trying to grind into his, his head is like, listen doing the dishes is not on my radar. I know it makes you not feel seen. I know it makes you feel unvalued. I know it makes you feel like I don't love you. I need a reminder. And you asking for what you need is so powerful. Mm. And it's not my job to give you what you need. It's your job for ask to ask others for what you need and then receive it and then support yourself learning right. and growing.
0: And being clear is what you're what you're basically saying is Mm -hmm. we aren't mind readers
1: right and it's it's just like well i told you once okay yeah you did (laughs) i'm gonna need another reminder because listen it's i'm on i'm building a business here i'm so passionate about it i'm in la every week we're in san diego because of your job we're doing like i'm sacrificing for you like and i acknowledge that and it marriage and relationship is compromise right but like if you want something done just fucking ask for it dude and, and- give me
0: some credit
1: right <laughs> give me some credit and and this is not permission if you're listening to get angry at your partner for not giving you credit because right. the first step is you got to ask for it if you're feeling like you need a real push you no know, uh, i would challenge you to go to selfloveondemand.com and register for the waitlist for my uh, community. Because within my community, which is if you're already telling yourself a story that hiring a one-on-one coach is out of your budget, uh, this community is really a way for you to receive all of the tools that I give my one-on-one clients. And what I think is even more exciting because you get a community around you I'm. I just love self love on demand. It's, it's my way of saying, here's self love. I'm going to teach you how to command self love on demand with a snap of the fingers. So you go through the self love success path. I paint that for you really powerfully. The self discovery, awareness, acceptance, expression, and love, and I teach you how to do that through a ten week course. And also, meanwhile, the community is always celebrating you. And it's in a separate app, like it's not a Facebook group. Like mm. I have an app that you have access to, desktop or on, on your cell phone, iPhone, Android. We got it all. Join us in there. Love it. And um, by the time this airs, unfortunately the doors are closed, but join the wait list and the then it's it's transformative to be in there with all.
0: As I was say, there's something about community and and a group because a lot of people we tend to tell ourselves another story that we're alone, like no one could ever relate. Mm-hmm. N- yeah, you might be going through it bad, but not as bad as I am, or you'll you'll never understand. So it sounds like there's quite a community there that's like we all are going through our own yeah. things in our own way,
1: and we we have like monthly accountability challenges I like love that. uh and in the month of february we do it's date yourself month so oh my like God, i love that yeah it's so much fun like i love it so much it's my favorite month well all, i love all the months like i love seeing all the growth but in february it's fun because the challenge is to take yourself out on a one-on-one date that's perfect so, it's my birthday month oh perfect great so i already so, have an excuse i mean i i will happily welcome you into <laughs> self-love on demand join love us it. and uh and it's just it's fun it's so fun because it creates this fun because as humans we're naturally very competitive if you say you aren't then um you aren't but like most of us are and uh i think if you say that you aren't competitive it's really because you're scared to lose and um it's not about winning or losing it's about just having fun Mm -hmm. and i mean how fun is it to see who's going to be able to take themselves on the most one-on-one dates You know, who's going to... And listen, it's not like going out to a fancy dinner and sitting at the table alone. It's like taking five minutes for yourself and saying, this is my date for the week. And I'm going to lock myself in the bathroom. My husband's watching the kids. And I'm just going to breathe. That can be taking yourself on a date. We have to define ourselves with all these crazy things for whatever reason.
0: Just do whatever you want, whatever makes you feel good. Speaking of, what are some either daily or nightly things for you that are non-negotiables that you're like, this is part of my self-love and self-care
1: routine. The, uh, the non-negotiable that I keep on throwing away and having to come back to because I'm only human <laughs> is uh, my gratitude practice. And it's the everyday writing down the things that I'm grateful for because that's going to, that really helps define my why, mm-hmm. who I am as the individual. And... It doesn't have to be hard. I think we get really caught up in this idea that life has to be hard. Life has to be mm, really struggle. Mm -hmm. And I challenge you, if you're listening to this, to just have more fun. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you make life fun and easy?
0: I love that. So how can people work with you? it sounds like you have a wait list. Mm -hmm. Is that true?
1: So right now, um, I do my best to hold space for four one-on-one people a month. That feels right for me. Uh, any more than that, and I'm not able to give the time that I would like to. Uh, so one-on-one coaching, that is something that if there's openings for, you can get in at any point. Um, you would go to my website, paulfishman.love. And go to services and uh, one-on-one and then fill out a quick application and then my assistant will uh, reach out to you to schedule your self-love clarity call and to be very candid and clear um, I require an energetic exchange financially to get on the phone with me because that is the first step in saying you're worth it mm-hmm. right it's um although I'm asking you to do something that has nothing to do with emotions like Making a, a financial decision for yourself uh, is has nothing to do with emotions. It's uh, very important for me, and it also weeds out a lot of people. Um, it's not a massive investment to be on the first phone call, and I apply it to... It's only $100, but what that does is it sets the stage for me to know that, okay, this person is willing mm-hmm. to honor themselves and honor me at the same time I used to do the call for free and I never felt good after it even if the person signed up with me but the good news is is that that hundred dollars goes towards your programming to work with me one-on-one so you can do that and apply and at this point uh, because of the way that it's set up I normally have been having like one the timeline to work with me normally is around three months that's getting you through my programming because everyone goes through the self-love self, self success path. And then if you want more, then that's when I will, as a, a one-on-one client, unlock self-love on demand for you so you can join at any time. Got it. And uh, be in that constant like accountability. The, the, what I think the most successful way to work with me is self-love on demand. And you can go visit that through my website, paulfishman.love, and there's a link in the menu or you can strictly go to selfloveondemand.com and uh, it'll take you to the landing page. And if we are, um, I currently open the doors three to four times a year to this, it makes it so that we have a big group who comes in together and moves through the programming together and gets to know each other. And, uh, And we're going through one right now as we record this. So after, once this goes live, the doors will be closed, but get on the wait list because depending on demand, I may open up it sooner than possible, but I'm expecting right. to open the doors again towards the, uh, October, November time, Perfect. if not, uh, the beginning of the new year, because awesome. that's a great time to yes. get into self love is that resolution. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, self love on demand, great place to start. If you're feeling really called to want this one-on-one support, um, apply to work with me one-on-one send me a direct message on instagram at paul fishman i do not believe in holding my gifts hostage and will absolutely show up and hold space for you with the understanding that i do receive a lot of dms right and um and
0: and, you guys he showed me his dms earlier we're we're getting crazy messages crazy messages (laughs) if you're gonna dm him you gotta be serious about it yeah
1: and uh and then, and please know that I will offer you the opportunity to book a call with me. Like, and I don't have any shame around asking for money to work with me. Like, there we've created this shame culture around everyone. De- everyone's entitled, deserve it for free. Oh well, someone will just do it. It's. it's um, I don't know if you can relate to the like influencer space. You know, oh, I like, work in the influencer. Space. Yeah, so it's just like. Oh, well, these are my rates. Okay, well, we'll find someone to do it for less. Okay, cool. Bye. Right. You know, like bye, thank you yeah. next. Like the the second that I stopped doing it for free, I thought that I was less successful, but I realized that I by being on the phone with people for an hour, giving myself so wholeheartedly, allowing people to heal so deeply with me was I would always get, okay, thanks. You know, like, let me think about it. Right. Oh, or my favorite excuse, I have to talk to my husband. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay, well, mm-hmm. your husband probably doesn't believe in the... And I'm like, oh, actually, like, um, I would love to hold space for you and your husband. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can get on the phone with him. Like, he's really busy. Okay, so what you're telling me is that you didn't tell your husband that you were on this call. Right. And you have no desire to to even do this work. Right. So this is like, you know... My and I get really transparent about this stuff because I have nothing to hide. I, love I have um, my, my coach. What, when he was teaching me how to do sales? Because at the end of the day, I have to be a salesperson. I'm selling my services. He was like, you know, you gotta you gotta get people through the door and do all the stuff, and then like do it for free, and then you give them an offer they can't refuse and all this stuff. And like, yeah, I could do that, but. Most of the time, I ended up with people who either wouldn't show up fully for the work. Right. Or, if you're not willing to pay me $100, you're not willing.
0: Right. Then And going back to relating it to the influencer example, when I started, people would be like, well, we're going to give them this microphone for free like why can't they just post about it and i was like because you're not exchanging them for a post you're exchanging it for their time and creative energy like they have to set up lighting they have to edit it they have to use their production tools they have to actually take time out of their day from their family or whoever it is to create it you're not paying for the post you're paying for the production quality Mm -hmm. and like the time that's going into it so related back to you you're not just paying for a, a call like that sounds crazy you're paying for your time because you have a gift that you're sharing with people so it's like Mm -hmm. why would you devalue that so I'm glad that you're being transparent about it because that's something that I could we could talk about money for like four more hours Mm -hmm. but I agree that people are like, that's fine, I'll, I'll find another coach that does it for $5 or free.
1: Right. And you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. right? Because that coach is living, I lived in scarcity for a very long time. I was like, I need all the clients, I need them, I need them. And, and then I just got shitty clients, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just don't have time for, for that. And, and this, isn't a, this isn't a telling anyone who can't afford the $100 to, to even have the clarity call with me that you aren't worthy of it it's the understanding that if you want this you will sacrifice other things you will maybe look into doing my uh joining my membership maybe look into finding a way for you to not go to Starbucks every single day like right once again living in that comfort of living in scarcity mm-hmm. i had a client who came to me and was just basically like paul I can't afford to work with you, but I'm gonna drain my savings to work with you because I gotta do it. And and by draining his savings meant I put him on a twelve month payment plan for a three month program. Like I was sacrificing my integrity to allow him to do this work. And when I tell you that within three weeks of doing the work, his the uh, abundance that he was experiencing. In his business skyrocketed. It's like he's, it was really because he said, okay, I'm gonna do this, I have to do this. Right. Right. And then the support for me being like, I want him to be successful. Mm -hmm. And here we are. I love it. And he was able to pay me off in full in three weeks. Wow. I'm sorry, three months. No, no. Three months. Two and a half months. So before the programming was even done. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. And you had them on a 12-month payment yeah. plan, so I think it goes to show,
1: like what you were saying, you get what you pay for. Right. I no longer offer 12-month payment plans, and I'm just feeling you no. Know, I get I get into this space where I was told to keep my full prices to myself because when it comes to self-development, big numbers scare people. Mm-hmm. But like, and also like, my prices are always changing. Um, but yeah, it's it's thousands of dollars to work with me.
0: I'm glad you're being transparent about mm-hmm. it because you know what's interesting too is most successful people have also invested thousands of I'm sure you've invested thousands yeah. of dollars in yourself. You didn't mm-hmm. just like wake up one day and start listening to free podcasts and now you're a self-love mm-hmm. coach. Like what I found from listening to su- successful people is they're like, Oh yeah, I got a I got an actual business coach and I spent ten thousand dollars on them or I signed up with Paul and it was thousands of dollars, but then it it's like the return is worth it, yeah. so I'm glad you're being transparent about it. So you guys know exactly where to find them mm-hmm. at Paul Fishman on yep, Instagram. Fish like
1: the things that swim in the sea, man like me.
0: I love that. Is there anything else that we're missing that we need to follow you on? Um, oh, you're, do
1: you have, don't you have a podcast? Yes, I do. The Road to Self Love. Got the Road to Self Love. Yes, tune in there. Um, it's been really fun. The show we I have my clients join or not clients my guests join me in my car, oh, so, so you can well. watch it on YouTube. Uh, you go to YouTube.com forward slash Paul Fishman. You can enjoy the road to self-love. We play road trip games. I love so we that. get. I just interviewed a girl and we talked all about like the worthiness wound and we talked about like social justice and like white privilege. But in between, we're playing road trip games, so we can get really, really heavy, but then also lighten it up. I love that. And uh, I love it, too. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. And such a different concept on podcasting. Yeah.
1: yeah. And my website is paulfishman.love, L-O-V-E. So um, paulfishman.com takes you to some old man <laughs> who lives in Florida, his, um, <laughs> I his don't real estate know. building. Okay, so uh, we're real not real going to company, there. real estate company, so not not going there. Uh, but paulfishman.love.
0: And I'll link all this in the show notes. mm Perfect. Thank you so much for being on, Paul.
1: You're welcome. One more thing. If you are like, how do I start? Like, where where can I start with self-love? Right. Um, If you go to my Instagram, the link in bio, you can take a free quiz. Oh, perfect. And it's a five-question quiz that's going to tell you the best tool to start on your journey. Oh, that's awesome. Based on the answers that you give. So So
0: be honest with yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, as honest as you're willing to be. Yes, And uh, it's also a banner on my website as well.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Like I said, that conversation got pretty deep pretty quick because Paul has so much knowledge now of tools to use and activate to work on loving yourself and building confidence. If you're actually interested in working with Paul, you can go to his website, paulfishman.love. Love love that. paulfishman.love. And there's even a self-love diet that he's working on that you should really take a look at. It's paulfishman.love slash self slash love slash diet, excuse me, backslash. So make sure you're actually going to his website and digging around to see what suits you best. He offers a variety of courses, workshops, one-on-one training. There's a lot you can do with him and make sure that you really decide what works best for you. For me, there's certain things that might not make sense for me, but for others, they might be like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to work on. So it's important to just navigate what would work for you and really identify what areas of my life can I improve on and what am I doing really well? As much as we all love self-help and self-improvement, I think it's really important to also recognize when you're doing things well. I love making little gratitude lists lately about things I like about myself. So not only am I grateful for where I am and what I'm doing and this and that, but what do I like about myself or even love about myself? I think that's a way to build confidence and also not breaking promises to yourself. I think that's a big one for me is if I break a promise to myself, I immediately lose confidence. So whether that's saying no to a night of going out or skipping a workout or just eating something that I know I don't wanna eat, but it just looks good and I'm like, oh, fuck it, I just gonna get this stomachache. I honestly lose a little bit of confidence and it's I think around self-discipline. So for me, self-discipline is an area of improvement I wanna work on to build confidence. So I hope that helps you guys. I hope this episode, you found some nuggets of value. If you did, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps me book more guests like Paul. You can follow me at Chelsea Rife and even write into the podcast. Hello at com. And there's an exciting thing launching soon that you'll be able to check out in the next two weeks, I think. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out every Thursday. In the next few weeks, we have a lot more exciting guests focused on content creation, confidence, more self-love, more just eliminating self-doubt. We already have so much of that with Instagram and comparing. and thinking that everyone's living their best life 24-7. I think the next few guests you hear from, including the one we just wrapped up with with Paul, you'll find a lot of value around that. So stay tuned every week and we'll see you guys next Thursday.